look like uh, maybe four to six. Had a little bit of break in there with Pastor Brzee, but uh, have you guys been enjoying the staff Sunday nights? Yeah. Hey, Amen. We've gotten some good word getting uh, brought for us, some new faces. It's always kind of fun to get some new faces up here in the front. So um, in baseball, they say you save the best for last, right? They're called the closer, right? So we're, uh, this, is, this is the... Um, Tonight will be the last of our staff, at least for this round, staff. So we did save uh, the, our closer for, the, for uh, tonight, the best of last. And I know she's full of the word, um, been preparing. She said she has an hour and a half, so I hope you guys brought dinner. Um, so, uh, but I just know the gift that's on on the inside of, uh, of her, and she is a staple here at NCC. She has been here pretty much from the beginning right? Alongside Pastor Mark and Tasha uh, for years and years, the family grew up in here. So um, we love her. She's on staff. I like to harass her, but I promised her I wouldn't tonight. So um, I look to her as a big sister um, and just uh, glean all kinds of wisdom and knowledge from her uh, just working with her. So um, without further ado, give a, a warm Glenwood Springs welcome and a big cheer. Standing ovation will really make her like rise to the occasion. So uh, let's go ahead and give her a standing ovation for Pastor Sean Rossler. Goodness. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I got to get all my big books in order here. <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that his favor is upon you? He's upon your children and their children and their children and generations and generations and generations. And aren't you glad that the kingdom of God has come and the battle is over and the glory is his? <laughs> glory to God. I'm so excited and I'm so grateful and I love him so much. And we are going to have so much fun tonight. <laughs> so I have a message prepared. I don't have a fancy title. Um, but it's something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, it's something that God connected me with uh, in the very beginning, 28 years ago, when we moved to, back to Colorado to help Pastor Mark and Tasha. And uh, that is prayer for pastors. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, because my heart is connected with them in that way. And uh, you might be saying, well, you know, this isn't prayer school. No, it's not. <laughs> you might be saying, well, this isn't um, Bible school. No, it's not. It's not ladies' prayer for pastor on Thursday mornings that we do. But prayer for our pastors is for all of us. It's for all of us. And I know that you pray for them. Um, and some of you might be saying, well, you know, I don't always know how to pray or, you know, when to pray or what to pray or, or whatever. And so I, I just had this on my heart. It just wouldn't go away. And it just seemed really appropriate for tonight and for this season and the seasons that we're going into that we all uh, really unite our faith and support. And we're going to go deep tonight. And we're going to have fun. <laughs> so without any further ado, let's just pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit. He's always here, but we want to acknowledge him. And so, Father God, we just thank you so much. You are so great, and you are greatly to be praised. We love you with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. Jesus, we're so grateful <laughs> that you died our death, that you paid the penalty of our sin, and that you saved us by your blood. We're so grateful. Thank you. And you didn't leave us alone, but you sent us a helper. You sent us the Holy Spirit to be with us and to be in us, the strengthener, the guide, the teacher. And Holy One, we just invite you tonight. You are our faithful friend. We're so grateful that you're with us, that you're always speaking, you're always working, you're always moving. We pray that you would have your way tonight. Give uh, me entrance and that and we just pray that that word would run swiftly in Jesus' name, that you would touch hearts in the way that only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. All right. Well, we have a lot, so we have to get started. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to probably 
throw a lot at you tonight. I'm going to throw lots of scripture at you. I hope that's okay, but I have a backup plan because if I don't get to all of it and I just throw it at you, then I also made some copies for you. So all the scriptures are here, and there's copies for you back there. If we run out, then you can email me, sean at newcreationchurch.org, and I'll send you a digital copy, okay? So, let, so we all can pray, fortify the base, support our pastors, right? All right, so here we go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, uh, we're just going to start out... Um, we're going to talk about the, the gift, the gift of pastor that's been set before us. And we're going to start in John 10, 14, 18. And it's in the New King James Version. And it says this. It says, and this is Jesus talking. And he says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. And as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my Father loves me. Because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. And I love this verse. And, and uh, in this verse, Jesus is, he's establishing some things. And um, one of the first things, you know, he's, he's talking about his mission. But before he gets to the mission, he's establishing a couple of things. And what that is, he's establishing who he is. He says, I am the good shepherd. And then he says, I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. And then he says, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. That's an intimate word, to know. And he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. So he's establishing who he is, and he's also establishing relationship, right? Relationship. He said, I know my sheep, and they know me. And he said, I know the Father, and the Father knows me. And what is that speaking of? It's speaking of a closeness, a connection. And why is he laying down his sheep or his, his life? Because he loves the sheep, and he loves the Father, and his heart is connected with the Father's heart. And that's how he can say that. And that's how he can go on to the mission. And he says, therefore, my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. And so the father loves him because he lays down his life. Why? Because he's connected to the father's heart. He's obedient. And one day I was reading this and the Lord showed me something. You know, Jesus is the good shepherd. And that was his mission to lay down his life. And the redemptive work was done in that because he laid down his life. And then, we're going to read this. He gave us some gifts in the form of people, in the form of leaders. And one of those gifts is, is shepherd or pastor. Pastor, shepherd. They're interchangeable. And I saw that, well, and, and we know, let me establish this, that pastor is an under-shepherd of the good shepherd. And so, I saw when we were praying that Jesus, that God, the Father, loves them. Let's just make it personal. Loves Pastor Mark and Tasha. Why? Because they lay down their life for the sheep. Isn't that good? And when we decide to answer the call, there's a sacrifice, right? There's a, there's a, he doesn't just call a person. He calls a family. And is it sad 
No, they love it. <laughs> they wouldn't have it any other way. But they've laid down their life for the sheep. And the Father loves them for that. Isn't that great? And so that was a really great revelation. Um, they've accepted the call to give their lives and to lay them down. And so it's important that we pray for them. And just a little bit of background. I think most of you know um, our story and who I am, but some of you may not. And we moved uh, back to Colorado, our family did, in 1995 to help Pastor Mark and Tasha. And um, in the early days, that help was kind of practical, you know? And some of you may know, some of you may not. Tasha and I are sisters, and God got us a house right next door to them. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. <laughs> See if they're going to be, they've said it's either going to be the best of times or the worst of times. <laughs> but I can say it was the best of times. And so um, we, in the early days, you know, it was just practical things. Before we were on staff, it was helping with their children. Um, they were going into Bible schools all over the world at that time. So it was, you know, taking care of the kids. Or if we have a guest minister, it was um, helping them with, with that and taking the kids home, putting them to bed, you know, so that they could take care of the guests and stuff like that. And then it just, it grew into a lot more. And Brian came on staff and, and, and you know, well, the whole family just grew. We're all here, right? In Jesus' name, <laughs> we're not going anywhere. And so it, it looked like that. But one of the first things that, um, that the Lord showed me to get involved in was prayer for them. And it's Ladies' Prayer for Pastors, and it's on Thursday mornings. And it still is. And it's changed uh, locations and changed forms and leaders just a little bit over the years. Um, it was at Pastor Tasha's house and, and Pastor Mark. <laughs> and... Um, you know, a, a lot of us came. Donna has been there longer than me. Um, she thinks she's been coming from the beginning. So we've prayed together for 28 years. And um, now it's here on, on Thursday mornings for the ladies. And uh, in this season, Pastor Tasha led it for a long time. Donna's led it. In this season, I have the privilege of leading it. And so that was something that uh, the Lord led me to get involved in early, early on. And so um, we are called to pray. And we may not know that, but we are. <laughs> and 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3 tells us that we're to pray for all men, and we're to pray for kings, and we're to pray for the leaders that are over us, right? And then in um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 13, it says that we are to honor and to recognize those that labor among us and those that are over us in authority over us. And that would be the, this office, and we'll talk about this office of pastor. And um, it says that we are to highly esteem them in love for their work's sake. And so one way that we can, and, and esteem is to honor. And one way that we can honor them is to pray for them. And Pastor Mark Hankins in his book, this is the book, Honor Above and Beyond. And if you don't have this book, you should get it. You should read it. It has just blessed me so much, and it's one that you'll want to read again and again. But he said this. He describes honor as this, to treat with great consideration, respect greatly, regard highly, treat with deference and courtesy, to treat as valuable and precious, to esteem of the highest degree with great dignity. And he says this about honor. He says, honor will always cost you more than words, whether that be money or time. And so we honor the gift when we give of our time and we pray for them. Isn't that good? And so we're going to, uh, what I'd like to do is establish the office of pastor. And so we're going to go to Ephesians 4, 7 through 12 in the New King James Version. And it says this, but to each one, this is Paul writing, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And here he is referencing Psalm 68, 18. And he's establishing something here. He's establishing where these gifts come from and actually who they come from. And he says this, now this, he ascended. What does it mean? But he that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. So he 
who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And in the NLT version, it says this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. So we see that uh, Christ, Jesus, gave these gifts. And it's the five ministry offices. Some people say fivefold ministry. But those five ministry offices are referred to as gifts. And these are gifts from Christ. They're distinguished from the gifts in Romans 12, which are from the Father. They're distinguished from the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, which are from the Holy Spirit. These gifts are from Christ himself, and these gifts are in the form of leaders for the nurture and for the equipping of the church. And so that word equipping comes from a Greek word that is katartismus, katartismus, say that three times, <laughs> and it means, good job, Zane, <laughs> and it, is, it means making fit, preparing, training, perfecting, making qualified for service. And then in ancient language, in the classical language, the word is, this word is used for setting a bone during surgery. Have you ever seen somebody break something? <laughs> Jonathan, when he was four, he fell off the bunk bed and he broke his arm and he had a gooseneck break, if you've ever seen. Like, look, up, open your cabinet and look under your sink Look at the pipe and the shape that that is. That's how his arm looked. <laughs> anyway, we went to the hospital. The doctor had to set his arm, and he wouldn't even let us stay in the room. He said, this is going to get crazy. You need to wait outside <laughs> because he had to crank on it. But I'll tell you what, when Jonathan came out, he was a little loopy <laughs> from the anesthesia, but um, his arm was in a cast and he was perfectly, it was perfectly aligned, and his arm is strong even better than before. Isn't that good? And so it's through the ministry gifts and the preaching of the word that the great physician is now making all the necessary adjustments so the church is not out of joint. Aren't you glad Jesus gave us gifts? I love that. And then um, it's for the, the edifying and the maturity of the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.12 in the Passion Translation says, and their calling, speaking of these gifts, is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. Now, it doesn't mean that they get to choose and, and, and do their own thing. It means what he puts on each one, right? To do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. And so there's giftings and there's graces within these offices, right? So not every pastor is the same. There's different giftings and different graces um, for each one. And God uses them. He uses different people and he uses the different personalities. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what pastor is. And, and I mentioned this. So pastor is shepherd and you can use them interchangeably. In the, we're going to look at Jeremiah 315. And in the New King James, it says this, then, and this is God talking, then I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Remember what we read in John 10? Do you remember that? Jesus had the Father's heart, right? He was the good shepherd. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Well, I'm telling you, if they have the heart of God, that makes me feel good. Doesn't it you? And then the King James Version says, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And in the Christian Standard Bible, it says, I will give you shepherds, I love this, who are loyal to me, and they will shepherd you with knowledge and with skill. Isn't that good? 
So there's a function of pastor. Actually, there's two main functions of pastor, and that is to lead and to feed the sheep. And within leading, there's also guiding, the way he leads. There's a, there's a guidance there. And to feed, in that feeding, there is a guarding and a protecting. So you could say it like this. So there's two main functions, to lead and to feed, but there's, there, and there's four aspects. So lead, feed, guide, guard. Lead, feed, guide, guard. And there's a few things, you know, if, we'll, if we just take away a few things um, from this whole thing tonight, that that's one of them, you know, the function of pastor to lead, feed, to guide, and to guard. And that'll help us along the way. So uh, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. So he leads, he sets the example, they, and they provide leadership and oversight and responsibility. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 in the New King James says this, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In the NIV, it says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, that's Paul talking, right? And what is he doing? He's saying, you can follow me. Why? He has the Father's heart, right? He has the Father's heart. And so he is going to lead in a way that it's going to point to him. And, um, and so they are leading out. They are setting the example. Philippians 3.17 says, join one another in following my example, brothers, and carefully observe those who walk according to the pattern that we set before you. So we can follow each other, right, as we follow Christ. And we follow, we follow the leader. We're following the leader. <laughs> the leader. <laughs> All right, she's a preschool teacher. It's okay. First uh, Thessalonians 1.6, and you became imitators of us and the Lord when you welcomed the message with joy of the Holy Spirit in spite of your great suffering. I'll tell you, when we have a good leader, we can lead, we can follow, right? We can follow with joy in the midst of trial, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of opposition. Our character is built. We can, we can receive the word. We can be strengthened by the word, and we can draw strength from a good leader. And so he leads out with vision. He provides guidance. He gives direction, and he maintains order. And then the second one is to feed. And we said feed, and then there's a guarding and a protecting within that. Protects and cares for the sheep by equipping them, training them, and developing them, and ministering to their needs. And in uh, 2 Timothy 4.2, Paul is speaking to Timothy, who is a young pastor. And he says this in the New King James Version. He says, preach the word, be ready in and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. And in the NIV, it says this, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience. Did you hear that? Great patience. See why they need prayer? <laughs> great patience and careful instruction. In the NLT, it says, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable, favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. That means whether the sun is shining, whether it's raining, whether you're tired, whether you're happy, whatever, we preach the word, right? And so uh, in the ESV, it says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Isn't that good? That's a big job description, isn't it? It may not be that long, but I'm telling you, it's big. <laughs> and um, this is, the shepherd must have courage, Joshua 1, 8 and 9. He must have, and she, they, they must have clarity to perceive and to know and to discern truth in the love of God, 1 Corinthians 2, 16 and Philippians 1, 9 in the Amplified. They must have unction from the Holy One, 1 John. I didn't give you guys these scriptures, but you all have them in your little things I gave you. Okay, I'm giving you. Uh, 
unction from the Holy One, 1 John 2, 20 through 29, and utterance to speak the truth in love. And we're going to go deeper into that. And so the Lord led us uh, not too long ago in ladies' prayer. We were praying this out, and I think we prayed this out in the mornings too. And, and we declared over them that they have courage, they have clarity, they have unction, and they have utterance for all things. And that's the other thing that you can remember, if you forget anything else. All right, we said uh, lead, feed, guide, guard, and then courage, clarity, unction, utterance. All right, you, you can take her out of the preschool, but you can't take the preschool out of her. So I'm going to have you help me with this, okay? So lead, feed, guide, guard. Lead, feed, guide, guard. And courage, clarity, unction, utterance. Courage, clarity, unction, utterance. Okay, that's the second thing. Remember those two things, and it'll help you with all of this, okay? All right, so how do they do all this? It's through the ministry of the word, by prayer, and his own example. And the people follow him because of their relationship with him. And as a congregation, we have a part to play in that, to be faithful and to pray. And in this leadership, we're speaking of a spiritual leadership, not a natural leadership. And I, I believe we still have these in our bookstore, but if you don't have this, it's a great book. It's called Spiritual Leadership by Bill McRae. It's an old book. We've been reading it for years, and it really lines out what spiritual leadership is all about. And um, so we have that part to play, and our part is to pray. And R.A. Torrey said this, he said, any church might have a mighty man of God for its pastor if it's willing to pay the price, and that price is not a big salary, but big, great praying, prayer, prayer, prayer in the Holy Spirit. And then our own Donna Tassler said this. She said, you didn't know you were famous, did you? <laughs> Devotion to God and devotion to prayer are one in the same thing. Isn't that good? So when we're talking to God, and Jonathan brought this out this morning. Wasn't that good? Well, I'm so proud. <laughs> he did great. And uh, he brought out that prayer is talking to God. And so when we're praying for our pastors, we are talking to God on their behalf. And so um, we're going to look at Philippians 1.9, and I have something really fun to share with you from there. But first, we'll give a little context. So Paul um, established the church in this church uh, in Philippi during his second missionary journey. And from its inception, the church displayed a strong missionary zeal and was consistent in its support of Paul's ministry. And some believe that Paul enjoyed a close friendship with the Philippians more than any other church. And so he's writing this letter from prison in Rome, and Paul is certain of his deliverance because the Philippians prayed and because of the presence of God's Spirit within him, which he refers to as the supply of the Spirit. And so in Philippians 1.19 Paul says this in his letter. He says, for I know, he's in prison, remember, I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Christ. And in the NLT, it says this, for I know as you pray for me, the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, and this will lead to my deliverance. So can I tell you this? Prayer puts a draw on the supply of the Spirit. Isn't that good? And then um, I have something to share with you. Um, this is fun. You guys are going to love this. Um, if you don't have this book, Sparkling Gems by uh, Rick Renner, <laughs> who's coming, um, he gives an explanation of this scripture, and it is so good. And it will help you when you pray. It will give you understanding. So he's talking. I'm going to do some reading for a minute. 
And he's talking about that person that just seems to know how to do everything. And he says, could it be that this person has learned how to tap into a supernatural source of power? Well, the same inexhaustible supply of power is available to you. In Philippians 1.19, Paul talked about this kind of power. For I, and this is what he said, remember, I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And he says, I especially want you to notice the word supply in this verse. It is the Greek word epikoregio. To those who read Greek, this word seems like a strange choice for Paul. However, after reflecting on the original usage of this word, seems uh, makes this verse very exciting. The word epikorigio is an old word that literally means on behalf of the choir. I know you guys are like, what? <laughs> on behalf of the choir. I know this sounds peculiar, so let me explain where this word came from and why Paul uses it here. Thousands of years ago in classical Greece, a huge choral and dramatic company practiced endlessly for a huge, important theatrical performance. And after they put a great amount of time, effort, energy, and practice, it was finally time for the show to go on the road. But there was one major problem. They ran out of money. These people had given their lives to this production. They had committed all of their resources to making sure that the performance succeeded. But because they ran out of financing, it meant that the show was over. It was finished. They were washed up before the show ever officially got started. And from all the appearances, it was the end of the road for them and their dream. At that exact moment, a wealthy man heard of their crisis. He stepped in the middle of their situation and made a huge financial contribution on behalf of the choir. <laughs> Isn't that good? Oh, I love that so much. This contribution supplied all that they needed to get back in business again. In fact, the gift the man gave was so enormous that it was more than they needed or knew how to spend. And this man's contribution was excessively large, abundant, overflowing, and overwhelming. This is where we get the word supply. Wow, doesn't that give you a new idea, a new thought, a new meaning of the word supply? More than we could ever ask or think, more than enough. Isn't that great? And then it says, that's how the enormous contribution of the Spirit that Christ Jesus wants to give to you and me. So he says this, in light of this Philippians 1.19 could be taken to mean, I am certain that this situation will ultimately turn around and result in my deliverance. I'm sure of it. First, because you are praying for me, and second, because of the special contribution of the Spirit that Jesus Christ is donating for my present cause. Now think about this when you're praying for another person and when you're praying for our pastors, right? When you're praying for them. And Paul said, I know this will turn out for my deliverance because you're praying for me. And so we're putting a draw on that very supply. Isn't that good? And then he says this, this means when you run out of steam, when you've given your best effort, when you don't feel like you have another ounce of energy left to give, when it looks like you're out of resources uh, and they're drained and you're unable to take one more step unless someone steps in to help you, that is exactly the moment when Jesus Christ becomes your personal benefactor. Like the wealthy man in the story above, Jesus steps into your life at that moment to donate a massive, overwhelming, generous contribu contribution of the Spirit's grace and power for your cause. Jesus is your wealthy benefactor. And we're, we're looking at this in terms of praying. Isn't that good? He has more strength and power to give you than you'll ever be able to use if you are weak. He has precisely what you need to get up, get recharged, 
and get going again. And if you'll open your heart to him, right now, Jesus will give you a brand new contribution of the Spirit's power. And it will be more than enough to get you on your feet and back on the road again. Isn't that good? On behalf of the choir. (laughs) That means something all new and different, doesn't it? I love that. Okay, so we put a draw on the, on the supply. 2 Corinthians one uh, eleven says this, and this is Paul. You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on behalf for the gift granted us by many. And in the Amplified it says, while you also cooperate by your prayers for us, helping and laboring together with us. So when we're praying, we're, I mean, there's different ways that we labor together, but praying is one way that we do that. And it says, thus the lips of many persons turned toward God will eventually give thanks on behalf of the grace and the blessing of deliverance granted us at the request of many who have prayed. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. And that's our generosity, that's our giving of our time, of our substance, of our, of our prayer. And Paul is asking for a prayer supply. Our prayers help our pastors offer intense, effective prayers. And our supply is added to theirs to assist them in gaining greater, higher places in prayer for themselves, for the church, for the plan of God, and for, for moves of God, right? For seasons. And our pastors need prayer to be able to steward the move of God and whatever's happening at the time, right? They need that. Prayer, uh, let's see, adversity and pressure and tragedy come to all of us. And how much more pastors, right? They have their lives, but they're, they're in. They love the sheep. They're in there with us. They're bearing our burdens, right? They're sharing our tears. They're championing our wins, all of that. And they have responsibility to lead out and to see out. And so our prayers help them. And prayer makes us partners in the ministry. Isn't that good? Can I tell you something? Prayer connects you in relationship with your pastors. It doesn't mean that you have to have dinner together every Friday night. (laughs) I mean, that's fun, and we have fellowships and stuff, but can I tell you something? We have lots of prayer opportunities. Right now in the mornings, we're on a little bit of a pause, but this is a good time. We've been praying in the mornings for the better part of two years at 8 o'clock every morning, Monday through Wednesday, and um, that's a great time to get in and to pray with Pastor Mark, to hear his heart, to, to connect in the spirit. And right now we're on a pause and, and he's uh, seeking direction from the Lord. Can I tell you something? This is a good time. It's not a time for us to back off in prayer. It's a time for us to press in, in our own time and pray for him, pray for them, that they have that wisdom, that revelation, right? In uh, wisdom, revelation, in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of their understanding are open, flooded with light, that they know what is the hope of his calling and what is the glorious, uh, the riches of his glorious inheritance in them, Right? that we're praying those things, that we're supporting him in prayer, even if we're on a little break. And we have 7.30 prayer on, on Sunday mornings. Anybody can come. And so prayer connects us in relationship with them. It's one of the best ways. It's one of the highest ways. And, and we, we get to hear his heart. And so I would encourage you to take every opportunity. It's good to be in those prayer times. And then Prayer sets the spiritual atmosphere of the church. This is a good one, guys. 2 Thessalonians 3.1 in the New King James Version says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. In the King James, it says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. So prayer creates a spiritual atmosphere that is favorable for preaching and signs and wonders 
and miracles manifest where the atmosphere is charged. Isn't that good? And they come to confirm the word. The miracles come to confirm the word. And Hebrews 2, 4 tells us that. And so our prayers help Pastor Mark and Tasha minister the word. And it helps the word to go forth. And uh, Pastor Mark has given direction to us before in our uh, prayer times, our ladies' prayer too. He said, you know, he'll tell us, you know, just be praying. There's, there's a resistance in the spirit. So just pray through that in the spirit. And so, and we'll do those things. But I'm going to take a, a small commercial break because I have 15 minutes and I have some things that I really want to get to. So I'm going to throw a bunch of scriptures at you. But remember when I said there's three things that if you just don't forget those things. <laughs> so it was to um, the function of pastor, lead, feed, guide, guard. And we declare that they have courage. And we can, you can study those out. Courage, clarity, unction, utterance. Here's the other one. Here's the third nugget. If you get nothing else from this message tonight, prayer for pastors, it's this. Pray the prayers of Paul. Pastor Mark loves the prayers of Paul. And when we ask him, you know, what, um, what can we be praying? He, he'll most, sometimes he'll give us some specific direction, but he'll say, pray the prayers of Paul, pray the prayers of Paul, pray the prayers of Paul. And he's taught us. We've prayed the prayers of Paul as a church. We insert our name. You can insert whoever you're praying for. And you pray. When we pray that way, we're praying out. We're praying for the church. We're praying for them. We're praying the will of God. We're sticking with the word, right? Always stick with the word. We're not going to interpret things. We're going to, uh, on our own, we're going to stick with the word. So if you don't know anything else, pray the prayers of Paul. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of scriptures, and they'll be on this sheet that you get to take home if you want to. And, uh, and I'm just going to go through that really fast because there's a couple things that I really want to get to because it'll bless your heart so much. And then we're going to take probably five minutes, and we're going to pray for them. Okay? Does that sound good? All right, so help me. Here we go. Um, and, and those prayer requ- or those prayers of Paul are all written out in those handouts. So um, there's some specific prayer, that, prayer requests by Paul. And we can see, he says, um, pray for open doors. And I'm going to throw scriptures at you, but they're also written down. So Colossians 4.3 um, he, pray for open doors. As you pray also for us, that God may open us a door for the word, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. And then he said, pray for boldness. Ephesians 6, 18, 20 in the New American Standard Bible. I like this version. And I want to tell you too, you know what? Look at different, look at different, um, translations. See what speaks to you. And, you know, when you're looking at these scriptures, allow the, the Holy Spirit to light upon certain things. You might just stay with one thing, you know, and, and pray that through and pray in the Spirit. Um, with, and then it says, uh, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Um, So we need to pray that the words come freely, that they have understanding, that they have boldness to function effectively and to say what the Holy Spirit wants to say regardless of the setting and the the situation. All right, so here we go. I'm throwing stuff at you. We can pray for protection and deliverance. And these scriptures, 2 Thessalonians, I'm not going to read them all out. Um, Three... Verse 2 in the Amplified. Isaiah 54, 17 in the Amplified Classic. 2 Timothy 4. We pray this all the time. Uh, 
For the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. And we put in Pastor Mark and Tasha's name. You do stand with them. You do strengthen them. The word is fully preached through them and uh, proclaimed to all so that all the Gentiles might hear. And, you know, from parachute to aspen, right? In Jesus' name. We can pray that the ministry is accepted by believers. Romans 15, 31 in the Amplified. We can pray that it is welcomed and unhindered. Um, we can pray that it's received as the full counsel of God, Acts 20, 27, Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. Uh, we can pray for divine guidance and assistance. We can pray for their travel. Traveling can be stressful, right? We can pray that they have joy, provision, protection, timing, and permission, uh, for and favor wherever they go Romans 15 32 Psalm 103 20 I remember the Holy Spirit showed me this one time it, at the end of Psalm 103 in the New King James Version it says bless the Lord O you his angels who excel in strength to do his word I love that I pray that all the time and I like to say it like this bless the Lord O you his angels who excel in strength and work the word on their behalf isn't that great angels are ministering spirits for us and so we can pray that. 2 Timothy 4, 17 through 18. Remember we were talking about, um, uh, oh, no, I didn't get to that. We can pray that they would be refreshed, that they would be strong in the Lord, strong in the call, no fear, bind loneliness, fatigue, health challenges, discouragement, doubting, uh, doubting God or the call on their life. And then there's scriptures Acts 6, 4, Joshua 1, 9, Jeremiah 1, 4 through 10, 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24, 2 Timothy 4, 17 through 18. We can pray for health and healing. Galatians 3, 13, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, 1 Corinthians 6, 20. All those things, and they're written out for you if you would like them. All right, and there is a re an eternal responsibility of this office. So let's look at this, Hebrews 3, 17 through 19, and I'm in the Amplified Classic. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them continually, recognizing their authority over you, for they are constantly keeping watch over your souls. Isn't that good? constantly keeping watch over your souls. Aren't you glad for somebody that would say yes, that would lay down their life, watch over, pray with you, cry with you, laugh with you, help you? Oh, isn't that great? Serve up the word every Sunday. Isn't that good? I love that. Do your part. Let them do this with gladness and not with sighing or groaning or crying. <laughs> so that they would not, so that it would not be profitable, I can't see, to you. Either keep praying for us so that we are convinced that we would have a good, clear conscience and that we want to walk uprightly and live a noble life acting honorably and in complete honesty in all things. And I beg of you to pray for us earnestly in order that I may be restored to you sooner. Prayer, and I'll tell you this, you know, we don't have to agree with everything, but prayer keeps us in the love of God. Isn't that good? And I, can I tell you something? We have pastors that covet your prayers. They appreciate and covet your prayers. And can I tell you something else? They pray for you all the time. They always say, you're the best people on the earth, the best people in the whole world. And so this is the conclusion that I wanted to get to. All right, we can do this. So in conclusion, uh, we're going to look at Exodus Somebody, can, Jonathan, can you hand me a tissue? We're going to look at Exodus 17, 8 through 13. And it says this. Elimelech came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let, it when he let down his hand, Amalek 
uh, prevailed. Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Isn't that good? And then I'm going to read you something from a commentary. So this part, so... Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron and Hur, went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand, the Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. And so this part, Moses and Aaron or, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. They did this so that they could see and so they could be seen and so they could pray. Isn't that good? And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. Moses supported the battle behind the scenes, busy in prayer. The fate of Israel in battle depended on Moses' intercession. Because when he prayed, Israel prevailed. And when he stopped praying, Amalek prevailed. And when it says he held up his hand, this phrase describes the Israelite posture of prayer. Even as some people today might bow their head and fold their hands, Moses had to pray and had to keep on praying. And both verbs, to hold up and to lower, are introduced by perfect, continued, frequentive action. It's clearly denoted. And then it says this, when Moses' hands became heavy, the job of supporting the battle in prayer was difficult, and Moses could not easily continue. And we might think that fighting was hard work, and it was, <laughs> and praying was the easy work, but true prayer was also hard work. Prayer is sometimes sweet and easy, and other times it's hard work. That's why Paul described the ministry of Epaphras as always laboring fervently for you in prayers, Colossians 4.12, and why Paul wrote that we must continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with all thanksgiving, and that's Colossians 4.2. So Aaron and Hur supported his hands. And Aaron and Hur came alongside Moses and literally held up his hands in prayer. And they helped him. And they partnered with him in intercession. And their help was successful. Isn't that good? His hands were steady until the going down of the sun. I can't do this for very long, can you? <laughs> But his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And though this was Moses' work to do, it was more than he could do by himself. Moses alone could not win the battle of prayer. He needed others to come by his side and to strengthen him in prayer. Do you remember Paul? He said, I know this will turn out for my deliverance. Why? Because you're praying for me and because of the supply of the Spirit. And so, and then it says, so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And I love this. It says, because of this work of prayer, Israel was victorious over Amalek. And we are left with no other option than to say of Moses, Aaron, and Hur, uh, did not do the work in prayer. Israel would have been defeated and history would have been changed. Isn't that good? Prayer is so important. And we need to be praying for our pastors. Okay. Last thing. In 1 Chronicles 12, 22, David was being pursued by Saul, and uh, God sent soldiers to his aid. And David had, so here's the thing, and it says this, for all that time they came to David day by day to help him until it was a great army like the army of God. Isn't that good? So they came, and can I tell you something? David had to trust God and he had to trust them, right? So this is what I want to say to all of us. We need to keep our pastors lifted up. We need to be that person that God can trust, right? We, when we're praying, we need to stick to the word. 
If we determine to stick to the word, we can refrain, and we should refrain, from interpreting what we think something means. And we can refrain from speculating, right? And when we determine to pray for our pastors, we want to be like Mary. What did Mary do? She pondered all of those things in her heart, right? And not, can I tell you something? Not everything that God gives us is supposed to be shared. And we have to know that, and we have to respect it. Not everything is to be shared. God, if he can trust you, he will trust you to pray some things out. And if he can trust you, what he's asking you to do will be safe with you, and safe with him, and safe with them. And can I tell you something else? When somebody entrusts you with something, if Brittany gives me her Bible, and she says, here, hold this for me, you know? So I'm going to hold her Bible. I'm going to take care of it, right? If I have to take it with me, I'm going to put it in a bag. I'm going to keep it protected. I'm not going to write in it. I'm not going to give it to somebody else. Why? Because it's not mine. And so many times in prayer, God entrusts us with things. And so we've got to know that when he gives us something, it doesn't belong to us. So just like I wouldn't give away her Bible or do something, I wouldn't give it to somebody or write in it, whatever. We don't want to do that with the things that God entrusts us with. And, and, we'll, and you'll know. You'll know. And so um, we must understand that he's entrusting us. Uh, and then when you don't know something, pray in the Spirit. Our prayers for them are important. And... They are praying for you, too. And in Philippians uh, 1.7, Paul said this. Remember the Philippians, the ones he loved? <laughs> he said, I have you in my heart. And can I tell you, I've been in this, not since the beginning, but I've been with them. Walk, I've had the privilege to walk alongside for 28 years. And I can tell you, they have you in their heart. And so this is our time. You know, we, we need to be praying for them consistently. All right, we're going to go five minutes over because we're just going to pray, okay? That's all I have. Um, and now we're going to pray, okay? All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you so much. We're so thankful. We're so grateful for the, for the gifts that you gave to us, that you set in this place. We're so grateful for pastors Mark and Tasha. We're so grateful that you didn't give them to anybody else, but you gave them to us. And we're so grateful for that. We thank you, Father God. We just pray for them. We bless them. We pray that you would grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding would be opened, be flooded with light, that they would know what is the hope of your calling in them, what is the riches of your glorious inheritance in them. We pray that they'd be strengthened in their inner man. We thank you, Father God. We pray that their travel, as they are away this week, that their travel would be blessed in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that your blood is our covenant of protection and provision. And so we plead the blood. We plead it over their travel. We plead it over every building, every vehicle, everything, top to bottom, side to side, front to back, every working and moving part. We plead the blood over their bodies. We thank you. Hallelujah, that they are healed and healthy and whole in their bodies. We thank you that every organ, every tissue functions in the perfection in which God created it to function. We thank you that you do uh, sanctify them and you set them apart, spirit, soul, and body. You make them strong. We thank you that they have courage, they have clarity, they have unction, they have utterance. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for them. We're so grateful. Oh, and we just, we thank you for each other. And we know, hallelujah, that you gave us leadership so that we could be equipped, so that we could be mature, so that we could go out, so that we could influence this place that you've given us every member in their place. We could see the glory of God and we can possess the land, have influence in every place that you have for us, a voice, a voice of blessing, influence in our schools, influence in our communities, influence everywhere that we go. 
We thank you that they're so bold. We thank you that they're so courageous to lead out in the midst, rain or shine, tragedy or victory. They're just faithful. They're just faithful. And so we thank you for that. We honor them and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> oh, say this after me. <laughs> what is it again? <laughs> what got, oh, yes. Okay, commercial break. Bucky's got some handouts if you would like them. If we run out, um, you can email me, sean at newcreationchurch.org, and I will send it to you, okay? What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You may be dismissed.